and how advanced and global city it is. It is all because of the people from the 19th century who worked hard and made Dubai and UAE a global hub. Welcome to another episode of Vanilla Zest Podcast, where we share the sweet, sour, and zesty flavors of life. I've mentioned several times before that I've lived in Dubai for a few years, but haven't really talked much about it here at Vanilla Zest. So rejoice, as I have now an episode dedicated to Dubai, and what's more exciting is that this will be told from an expat's and local's point of view. So for the first few moments of the episode, I will talk about some of my experiences and observations whilst I was in Dubai a couple of years ago. Then the next segment, you will be hearing from our Emirati guest. So please stay tuned to the second part if you'd like to know the locals' point of view. I lived in Dubai for a few years and I'm going to share here my experience as an expat. So by the way, I was also part of an episode at Banana Q podcast sharing on an overview of my Dubai experience. So today I'll expound more on my experience and observations. So I came to Dubai sometime around 2016, so the conditions before might be very different now especially with the pandemic. Expats are much welcomed in Dubai as much as there are local companies, international companies have offices there as well, as Dubai is a hub connecting the East and the West. So if you want to work in Dubai, you would need a work visa. The company that you will work for will provide you with a visa along with the insurance as well. So if your family is living with you, you can arrange with a company to have them included in your insurance as part of the salary package. There is no mandatory minimum wage in Dubai, so it will depend on you if you are willing to accept the salary that is offered. Because of this, competition is high. So whilst I was there, some companies specify in job advertisements about the nationality and educational background preference, such as must be a Western educated and of some sort of the candidates that they are looking for. However, this is strongly condemned by the UAE Labor Ministry. International conventions that the UAE is party to and the national legislation specifically outlaw such practices. So Zestis, if you'd like to work in Dubai and if you see these types of advertisements, they are not really, they are actually forbidden by the UAE government. So just be wary of that. In Dubai, I also noticed that the places are grouped in economic zones. So for example, there is Dubai Internet City and Dubai Internet City or DIC is the region's dedicated tech hub. It's very green, full of grass, trees, and ponds. You would love working there. If you work in financial institutions, most likely your office will be situated in Dubai Financial Center. I love this area as well. It's actually where Dubai Mall is. <laughs> Need I say that Dubai Mall is such a pretty, pretty place? So DIFC is the financial hub in the Middle East, Africa, and South Asia markets. Known for an independent, internationally regulated 
and judicial system, common law framework, global financial exchange, tax-friendly regime, and large business community. It's one of Dubai's independent free zones and offers companies 100% ownership without the need of a local partner. This zone is pretty posh as well, and one of the companies that I've worked for in the Philippines has an office there. The weekends in Dubai are Fridays and Saturdays, so it was a pretty rough adjustment for me at first. The Muslims go to mosques on Fridays, and for Christians, there are churches, church masses on Fridays and Saturdays. When I first arrived there, there wasn't any VAT or income tax. However, in 2018, the UAE has implemented VAT of 5%. There is currently no personal income tax, so rejoice my zesties if you want to work in Dubai. So there are no individual tax registration or reporting obligations of some sort. I remember that when UAE first implemented its VAT, the rent prices went down, so that was pretty cool. The rent would obviously depend on the area where you're situated, as well on whether it's an apartment or a villa. I personally liked living in Dubai Marina, certainly my favorite area to live in. My husband and I also lived in JLT as well, which is just opposite of the road to Dubai Marina. However, when I mean opposite of the road, I mean the Sheikh Zayed Road, which is one of Dubai's major highways. Jumeirah Lake Towers or JLT, Dubai Marina, DIFC or Dubai International Financial Center, and DIC or Dubai Internet City and many others are situated along the Sheikh Zayed Road. This highway fits six lanes on each side. If you are practicing Ramadan, please skip the next few portions of my segment as I will be talking about food. When I did my interview with my guest, which you will hear on the next few moments, it was before iftar, which is the evening meal, the breaking of the fast. So I tried to refrain myself from mentioning about food as I certainly respect the Islam practices. However, for this portion of the episode, I will be talking about my food experience in Dubai, one which I truly miss. Dubai is a very diverse city. It's the meeting of the East and the West cultures, and because of this, you will find a wide array of food choices. From, of course, Middle Eastern food, to French, to Japanese, to British, Indian, and of course, Filipino food. And so the list goes on. Because the choices are vast, eating out is quite affordable. So if you like eating French food, then I highly recommend Cockley French Bistro, which is located in Jumeirah Lake Towers or JLT Cluster A. Some of their love dishes are steak frites in their signature sauce, tuna tartar, escargots, and truffle mushroom pasta. You'll never look for another truffle mushroom pasta ever again. However, if you don't like truffle in your mushroom pasta, I would highly recommend Pascal Tepper. They serve chicken mushroom pasta and it's the tastiest ever. It's a casual dining place at Dubai Internet City, so most people who work in that area eat there. And because it's French, who wouldn't equate it with bread and pastries, right? So they do serve oven fresh bread and a range of chocolates and dessert pastries. If you're looking for an eclectic and quirky type of fusion food, then Molecule Bistro Royal is the place to be. It's located in Dubai Design District or D3 
and it's the design restaurant of this area. Molecules, left field food and cocktails, fuel, raucous meals, birthday parties, product launches, and all kinds of events and gatherings. This is where creators meet and makers eat. There are also a lot of Japanese restaurants in Dubai, but the most memorable experience of all for me is Zuma. It's located in DIFC, a contemporary Japanese cuisine in the vicinity of the world's tallest building, Burj Khalifa. It's authentic but not traditional, with bold, intense flavors and an emphasis on simple presentation acquired through quality ingredients. I've tasted the softest, most tastiest black cod over there, and the freshest sushi as well. If you have heard about Peruvian food nor tasted it, oh my god, then you are missing out. I adore ceviche very much. It's the closest thing to the Filipino version of quinilao. The best ceviche would come from the freshest ingredients and best quality seafood. I certainly recommend the garden located at JW Marriott in Business Bay. As the name suggests, you'll feel that you're dining in a garden, a vibrant and inviting space with weathered wood tables, greenery, and background house music, dim lights, and mouth and mouth-watering food to share. Another recommendation is Koya, located in Four Seasons Resort at Jumeirah Beach Road. It's a contemporary Peruvian cuisine, home to Incan heritage, with Spanish, Japanese, and Chinese influences to provide you with a truly unique experience. They ground your guacamole fresh in front of you. Yum! And if you're up for a fine dining experience, then Lima is for you. Located in Al Safa Road, you'll definitely love their beef tenderloin, scallops, set menu, wine, seafood, and lamb dishes. If Mexican food is what you're after, then Maya is definitely a good choice. Located in Le Meridian Beach Resort and Spa, Dubai Marina. It's a Mexican restaurant that's rooted in tradition but evolved for contemporary taste. In addition to the good food, the beachside location is definitely a plus. Anyway, I do not want to bore you more out of my restaurant experiences. So before I end this foodie segment, I'm giving a shout out to Atelier, Marina Social, Maine, Trescent, and Siddhartha Lounge. My husband and I truly enjoy the food experience in Dubai, one which I really miss after moving to Australia. I believe that if you'd like to experience a culture, one great way is through your taste buds. So whenever you go to a new place, I would highly recommend eating different kinds of food. The palate indeed is like a gateway to years of tradition, culture, and evolution. My guest for today is the host of The Link Show. The podcast aims to embrace differences and connect with different people across the world through culture, religion, and so much more. Please welcome Maha Musabe. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. All right. Thank you. Ramadan Karim. Thank you. Mm-hmm. So excited. <laughs> All right. So I just lived in Dubai for a few years, but I wanted to ask you for our listeners out there, if you could describe Dubai for someone who has never been there before. So Dubai, I guess, say it is indulgent, glamorous and progressive, a word that describes Dubai. Dubai, it is a city for travel destinations as bus- and business travelers. 
And what I actually love about my country is that it is a diverse country that also has diverse people. It allows us to meet people from different parts of the world. Oh. Dubai also combines a modern metropolis with a timeless sensibility and Arabian flair. All right. Yes, it's it's really a glamorous city, I, I'd say. And even when I so when I moved here in Australia, I could really feel and see the difference and I kind of miss that luxurious feel to it. Around this time, uh, within April 12th to May 12th, depends on the lunar, on the moon, right? So it's Ramadan. So I would like to ask you if um, you could share to us or inform us about what is Ramadan. So basically, for the ones who doesn't know, Ramadan is where people start their fast and break their fast after sundown so it's basically it's more about getting closer to god and embracing our religion so yeah you've mentioned about breaking the fast during sundown so aside from that what are expected of like maybe not the non-muslims in dubai during ramadan um are they if they are not muslims are they expected to fast during ramadan of course not here at uh, the restaurant are open everything is open for the tourists except for the muslims um they got of course to fast but the tourists got to enjoy everything when i was working there we we still eat right but we just don't eat like in public so because we need to respect the culture and the religion in dubai yes then there's also like the the old and new dubai right so there's this big frame there that you can see from from the new dubai to the old dubai so what is the old and the new dubai um so whenever i think about dubai and how different it is from the rest of the world and how advanced and global city it is it is all because of the people from the 19th century who worked hard and made dubai and uae a global hub i mean it was a hard life back then so the major difference between old and new dubai is based on the type of areas of all Dubai. Typically features historic well-established areas like about Dubai Dera. This Dera clock tower was built in 1964 and that time it was a remote area with nearly nothing around. Right now it is surrounded by many hotels and is located in one of the areas known for massive traffic. And what could you recommend? What, like, what are the places in the new Dubai and the places in the old Dubai? The Places in old Dubai, I recommend the museums, and that's because it is a historic area. The tourists got to know more about the Dubai and its culture. Now, with the new Dubai, I recommend climbing, I recommend wildlife, safari, and actually the list goes on. <laughs> ah, yes, yes, indeed. Uh, I before we were living in the Dubai Marina, so I think that's the new Dubai area, right? Yes. Okay. And do you have like any preferences in each of those places to like as a local? Um, my preference in the old Dubai is the museums, of course. We got Al Fahidi Historical District, Bar Dubai Souk Market, Wall of the Old Dubai, and much more. All that is a tourist attraction. Locals do enjoy as well because it might be just a museum, but it does talk a lot about our culture. Yes, indeed. And could you also cite 
the cultural differences between the seven emirates as we all know that UAE is composed of seven emirates. So Emirates culture is based on Arabian culture with influences from the culture of East Africa and India subcontinent. And now it's actually Ramadan for those who, as I said, it is a month where we fast and break our fast. We normally start with dates, milk and water. So uh, with regards to cultural differences within the seven emirates, so it's mostly identical because they come from the the same or almost the same culture like the East. Exactly. East Africa. Okay. Because there are a lot of foreigners in Dubai, right? And and people who want to come to Dubai. So this episode, we would like to debunk the Dubai myths that um, pe- that are circulating for out there and people might not know and believe the wrong thing, right? There's one of the myths that all, like literally all women, including the tourists, are required to be fully covered. Unfortunately, that's a myth that people still do believe in. Women can wear whatever she wants. Women, she is respected here. And so tourists has a freedom to do, to wear whatever they want. And as an Emirati woman, I got to say that Islam has taught our men how to treat their lady with respect. And we are not obliged to cover up our hair or wear abaya. It is a way to show our modesty. Yes, yes, indeed. And also, people still think that Dubai is just all desert. <laughs> yeah, and so Dubai, as I mentioned, was a desert. And I say this with all pride because our people has built not only a modern city, but loving, passionate generations that could give anything to pay back for it, for its country and society. What I love about Dubai is that like it's very modern like it's built something from a desert before right then you have the the palm jumeirah you have yes. burj khalifa which is the tallest building in the world and the burj al arab is the seven star hotel if i'm not mistaken right yes true. and so, yeah so yes and then there's also this myth that only men can drive so what do you say about that? <laughs> That's one of the myths, myths that most people believe in, which is not true, of course. Women are enjoying maximum freedom to the best. So they do drive as long as they have the license and same applies to men. Yep, exactly. There was something new that was introduced back when I was still there. It was the Karim women taxi, like the pink ones. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. So I think it was kind of new when I was there, but but yeah, and also people still think that you cannot practice other religions in Dubai. So what do you say? <laughs> I'm so sad to hear that. <laughs> but as I said, it's a diverse country that has diverse people and that what makes it beautiful. So with that being said, here we have a year of tolerance. The year of tolerance embodies the approach adopted by where by UAE since it's established to be a bridge of communication and respect. So of course, there is other religions and practiced here. So you can also see a mosque beside a church. We as Muslims do respect all the religion, religions and cultures. Yes, and um, I remember before before I was still there, they are planning to build a city where different religions or different churches will be built. Yes, um, true. Uh, yes, there's another misconception about uh, the foreigners cannot drink 
there like party or anything like that <laughs> but then yeah but I'm, of course as you've mentioned before it's a very diverse culture yes true yeah and as long as they have the license to to buy then and they're you know they are not muslims and they are foreigners then they can they can drink whatever they want exactly so we move on to what are the places that the places that people locals and tourists alike would you recommend when they go to dubai um so basically there is various places to visit but if you're into history i recommend the museum the museums mm. and how about do you have any like favorite places to go there aside from maybe museums or if people want to shop which which mall is your favorite i gotta say for the tourist attraction it is dubai mall because it's one of the world largest shopping festival and one of the largest shopping mall in uae right yeah i, I love dubai mall i miss it so much <laughs> <laughs> what other places do you recommend like for maybe like as a local like people who are already in Dubai but they're still new other than the malls and the museums do you have any other recommendations I gotta say since it's summer right now I gotta say it climbing wildlife um, safari fishing golf tours and that's it <laughs> Oh, all right, all right. So are you more of the outdoors or the indoors kind of person? Um, since it's summer, I got to say um, outdoor is the perfect mm. place to go. Ah, uh, yes, yes, it's summer over there. And here it's already yeah. like winter. So we are in the opposite. <laughs> But winter here in Brisbane, um, I live in Brisbane in Australia. So Brisbane is part of Queensland, which is the sunshine state they call. So even though it's winter, it's still hot here. So I, I think if I would compare the winter of Dubai and the winter of Brisbane, I think Dubai's winter is, is colder. <laughs> but like if I just compare, but yeah. Before I left Dubai early 2019, there were a lot of plans about the Expo 2020 and the Creek Tower. Do you have any perhaps news or updates that you could share to us about the goings on about these very important events? Sure. So Expo is doing great. Um, actually, a volunteer there. So the preparation mm. is going and yeah, and I'm just so excited for it. It'll take place from October 1st. October 1st this this year, right? Yes. Okay. And then it will end. It, it, was it like six months period of exhibition? Um, yes. Mm. I think it'll be till May. Mm. And about the Creek Tower, I remember that they plan to build a building that's taller than the Burj Khalifa. And I'm very excited to, to hear about any news about that. Um, about Dubai Creek Tower, it's still under construction. It was expected to be completed in 2022 at the earliest, but now it's on hold because of the pandemic. Mm, yeah, hopefully once it's... Hopefully, once it's finished, I'll be able to visit one day. Hopefully, you're most welcome here. <laughs> And so before we close off, why do you think Dubai is the best place to go after the pandemic? Dubai 
I gotta say it's known for its tourist attraction. There's so many fun stuff to do in here. And as I mentioned, it's a diverse country that has diverse people. And you got to meet people from around the world. It's like a melting pot of different cultures from East and West. Exactly. And so we, I have three silly and fun questions for you. Are you ready? <laughs> Looking forward to it. <laughs> so how would you describe humanity to an alien civilization? Oh, <laughs> um, I could describe humanity as something, unfortunately, we do. There's humans, but unfortunately, I gotta say there is no humanity in the world. I gotta say, other world are going to going through, and the suffering that is going on the world, that we are just putting a blind eye on it, or maybe we just can't do anything about it, yes. which is actually sad. So, if you could choose who you will be as a Disney princess, who who would that be? Snow White or Jasmine? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. The Aladdin is an Arabic yep. cartoon, right? After you survive the apocalypse, perhaps, what will your job be? <laughs> <laughs> My job will be, um, I would say, more of helping people because, you know, you'll be traumatic after you got a new life. Would you like to invite our listeners to... Where can they find the link podcast? Um, sure, they can find it on Anchor. They can find it on Spotify and Google Podcast. And there's so many other platforms that they can listen the link. So thank you so much, Maha, for sharing to us your perspective as an Emirati woman. And it's very great that I was able to speak with you today, and especially coming from a person who has lived there for previously. So it's it's very uh, it's a very nice experience to have you on the show. It was a pleasure. Thanks for having me. I really enjoyed taking you through Dubai's journey and hopefully I break those shackles of those myths. <laughs> yes, of course. I think those myths were very old, I think. So, but you know, maybe some people still live in a cave and they don't know it. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much. Uh -huh.